Welcome to the 100th week of Scatcast. We like triple digits. That's a fun thing for the human brain. I don't care. I'm the script keeper, and that guy's a voice in my head, too. Yep. If you're looking around, you may have noticed it's Christmas as fuck. I did. And because this holiday season is all about tradition, uh. we continue the tradition of Scatcast ruining Frosty the Snowman and a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Fat cats, supporters of a podcast that does exist in the shadowy realm of the litter box turned fuckery. Here's our fat cats: Matthew Bernard, Jason Glace, Lucifina Lightbringer, Donald Fisher, David Carpenter, Justin Hooper, Ryan Myers, Joe Lombardi, Shauna Johnson, and a huge cranky fuck to James Lou. And a happy hell yeah to our newest fat cat, Michelle Bounce. Thanks to all of our fat cats, we salute all our patrons at Patreon.com. Get your fucking stitch cats. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scatcast Nursery Rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Tis the fucking season, you former milk pirates. And now current booty sniffers. Let's dig into this holiday season with a very special presentation of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Can you handle that shit, Chitron? Yeah. Well, good, then sit there and shut the fuck up. Let's okay. meet Ebenezer Scrooge. Once upon a time, many Christmases ago, there lived an old son of a bitch named Ebenezer Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Ah, uh, fuck. Now, besides being an old crotchety bastard, yeah. he just so happened to be the richest man in town. I love money. Was he rich enough to send a wiener-shaped rocket into space? No idea what that is. No, but everyone in town knew of him. I am pretty famous. But it wasn't because he was popular or generous. It was mainly because he was a cunt. Hey, now. And in the town he lived, his name became synonymous with being a greedy son of a bitch. They're just jealous. Now, Ebenezer the rich cunt had made his fortune from banking. I'm so glad people don't know how compound interest works. He said like some scum. I'll hail the conformity of the masses. Now, he made all this money with a banking partner and friend known as Jacob Marley. And together they did everything they could to fuck people over. This orphanage is a day late on their rent. Jacob Marley said many years before. Let's kick those bums the fuck out. Ebenezer said, and they did. And together, they squeezed every cent of profits out of every endeavor. Now, of course, they would loan people money when they needed it. But if you were even a minute late or a penny short, they would take everything you had, even the gauges out your ears. And for decades, they acquired wealth. You know, Jacob, Ebenezer said to his partner, I only like two things in life. Oh, yeah, what are those? Orgasms and money. Ebenezer said with a crack of a smile. Indeed. Marley concurred. Right, so I'm going to go jerk off on our money again. And for years, they would take turns. Soon, Jacob Marley passed away. Probably from all the booze, cocaine, and devil-themed orgies. Actually, was a shellfish allergy that did me in. Jacob said, adding nothing to the story. It's not nothing. Now, a few years later, we find Scrooge sitting alone in his office in the dark. He would sometimes think of his old partner when he would spill his dusty old baby batter all over his money. <laughs> but to clear his mind, he would count and clean his gold coins. Goddamn, this money's making me hot. But old Ebenezer wasn't exactly alone in his office, uh, so he partook in his second favorite thing to do with his time. <laughs> Micromanage the fuck out of his employee, Bob Cratchit. What you doing there, Bob? He said, standing menacingly over the timid man. Oh, hey, boss, I'm just doing the stuff you asked for. Oh, where the fuck is my report? Scrooge says, spitting the oysters he had for lunch in the man's face. Just a couple more hours, almost done. Old Bob said, sitting at a tiny little desk with his teeth chattering from the cold. Mr. Scrooge? He said like a little bitch. You know, I think I could work a lot faster if it was warmer in here. I mean, my fingers are completely frozen. He said, holding up his gnarled ass fingers. Weak. Now, Mr. Scrooge had a roaring fire in his office. Mm. Nice big fireplace. Yep. But Bob had a tiny little coal heater. And Ebenezer said to the man, Aren't you a whinging little twat? I can see my breath in here. That coal doesn't grow on trees, Cratchit. Uh. I'm not paying you to be comfy. 
Bro Bob certainly was not comfy. And he persisted. Just one more piece of coal to help stop the forming of icicles in my nose, please. He begged. Fine. Ebenezer spit. But it's coming out of your pay, of course. Uh, never mind. What about the filing I asked you to do? I'm certain I can get it done by next week. Next fucking week? Scrooge said like a dick. I imagine it'll take you till next week because you're such a goddamn lazy bitch. No, I've been working on the other things. Well, you can come in tomorrow and finish the filing. Tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow's Christmas Day, Mr. Scrooge. So what? So I need to spend time with my family, especially <laughs> Tiny Tim. Who the hell's that, your cat? Oh, he's my sick son. <laughs> And I don't know how many Christmases I have laughed with them. He said with misty eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's very touching. Scrooge said dryly. At least let me have dinner with my family. And Scrooge thought about it for a minute. In his head, the little voices said, To be or not be a cunt. Save the money. If we give him a day off, he'll want more days off. Let's go jerk off on money. Did he mention something about a sick kid? Sooner he leaves, sooner we can pull our dick out. And other such thoughts. But eventually Scrooge said to the man, Fine, you've warmed my heart. Oh. You only have to work a half day tomorrow. Oh, okay. But I expect you to work through the New Year's. He said, still spitting oyster residue on his underlying. Oh, bless you, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you. And you can get the hell out of here now if you want. You know it. Bob said as he grabbed his coat and hat. And as he opened the door, he said to Mr. Scrooge, Have yourself a Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. And Scrooge said to the man, Bah humfuck, get the hell out of here. And with that, Ebenezer Scrooge slammed the door at Mr. Cratchit. God damn, he's a dick. And old Ebenezer went back to his desk and sat. These idiots in their Christmas. He said aloud as he went over papers with a scowl. Morons. He said. A lot of them. Mean. Fuck them. Rude. I'm gonna go jerk off on money. And he did. And then he went home. And then he heard jingling, jangling sounds. What the hell? At first he thought it was some chitron outside jingling and jangling. Fucking kids. But he soon realized it was coming from inside the house. Who's there? The chains continued to jangle and he realized the sound was coming from upstairs. Whoa. So he made his way from room to room. Who's there? But each room was empty. And after going through several rooms, he began to think he was going mad. I should probably lay off the absinthe. And suddenly he heard moaning from behind him. Oh, Ebenezer. Huh? Who's there? Scrooge's face turned white at the sight of his old dead friend. It's me, you asshole, Jacob Marley. Ebenezer stared with his mouth open as he saw his transparent friend's figure just there floating. What the fuck are you? I'm a ghost, you dumbass. What's with the chains? Well, that's why I'm here, Ebenezer. Is it really you? Ebenezer asked, putting his hand through the transparent body of his old dead friend. Ebenezer, screw! The apparition bellowed. Get your fucking hand out of there. Sorry, you really are a ghost. That's what I fucking said. Now listen. And Scrooge dropped to the floor. I've come here to give you a grave warning. Ebenezer's eyes widened. You gotta change your wicked ways, Ebenezer. Yeah, I don't wanna. Abe retorted. Then you'll be destined to be cursed like me. Meh. I forged these chains through a lifetime of greed and heartlessness. The ghost of Jacob said with a ghostly tear. Yeah, we did have some fun. No, you asshole. You and I were evil. Yeah, we sinned against God pretty damn hard, didn't we? I know you well, old friend. Yeah. The pain that I've suffered will be worse for you. Oh, shit. How is it over there anyway? Ebenezer, you can't go to the bathroom, man, but you feel like you have to all the time. Nothing new. I'm hungry all the time, but there's no food over here. No ghost food. I gotta remember that. Yeah, quiet. Tonight you will be visited by three ghosts. Yeah. I'm really not in the mood for company. They're gonna try to open your dumb fucking heart. Ouch, that one hurt. But if they can't teach you, then you'll be fucked for all time like I am. Sure. And the ghostly apparition disappeared before Ebenezer could ask a follow-up question. What the fuck is in our drinking water around here? He said, looking around, seeing no evidence of what just happened. I have got to be out of my fucking mind. He thought to himself, but he decided he needed a little brandy and to sleep it off. So he retired to his bedroom. Now, he had not been asleep long when the window opened by its fucking self. Holy shit. And a cold winter wind blew in to his room. So he jumped from his bed to close the window, and sadly, he slept in the nude. So you can imagine the shrinkage. Go ahead. Imagine it. I'm wearing a bathrobe, you fuckwit. Could you picture his balls? Yes, knock it off. A producer said from the other room. Now, when he turned around from closing the window, Holy 
Literally. He saw the transparent form of a beautiful woman. My penis is bigger when it's not cold. He said, hiding his shame with his bathroom. It's a grower. This woman floated there with flowing hair and a blue light. Oh. Ebenezer was a bit speechless. I am the ghost of Christmas past. The voice echoed. Christmas. Ebenezer said in a huff. Bah humfuck. And his surprise turned to anger. If this is some sort of ploy for charity, you're not getting it. What the fuck are you doing in my house? And he started to go off. But the ghost slapped oh. him and she said, oh. Bitch, shut the fuck up. I'm not here for your money. Oh. She said in a firm but fair voice. Why are you in my bedroom? I've come to rekindle your love of Christmas. She said. Love of Christmas? I hate Christmas. Oh. It's just an excuse for lazy moron cunts to do oh. lazy moron cunt shit and I hate them and I hate them. I hope they die. He wow. said frothing with foam at the sides of his mouth. You say that, you old greasy bastard. The ghost said. But you weren't always this walking piece of shit with a hairpiece. And her hand became solid and she grabbed him by the wrist. I'm gonna show you something. Oh, hell yeah. He said, dropping his robe. Fucking no, not that. Uh. And in an instant, Ebenezer was fully dressed and outside of a window. What the? There was a window he had looked into many times before. He was looking into the house where he grew up. One time I got locked out the house and had to take a shit over in that corner. That's very nice, Ebenezer. Would you just look in the fucking window? Oh, yeah, yeah. Inside the house, he saw a little boy opening a present. A smile on his face as big as some shit that's big. Look at the joy on that chitron's face. The ghost, he said. So much joy and purity and love. And the ghost floated up next to the awestruck Scrooge. And she leaned into his ear and asked, Why are you such a cunt now? Well, what happened to that little boy, Ebenezer? Scrooge didn't answer. He knew that little boy was himself. But he didn't know why he became the way he was. He liked touching himself with money. The more the better. Yeah, basically. You've fallen a long way, Ebenezer. The spirit said. Hmm. Scrooge kind of gathered hold of himself and said back. Times change, people. Circumstances change. But the ghost looked at him and said, Some things change like dog poop. You know, remember those white dog poops back in the 80s? Yeah. You're like one of those dog poops from the 80s that's white. What? And then she disappeared, leaving Scrooge with those thoughts. <sighs> and he found himself back in his bedroom again. Well, this is going to be a long night. He thought. And he tried to go back to sleep, but he remembered what Marley said. Three ghostly fuckers are coming. <laughs> Fuck. And the idea of another paranormal visitor kept him tossing and turning all night. Until at some point he thought he heard a noise. Oh, fuck, here we go. There was a loud thump and it came from the kitchen. And he snuck through the hallway with his little beat stick in hand. And when he peeked in, he saw a bounty of his food sitting on the counter. What the shit? Someone was cooking. And their taste buds were weird as fuck. Motherfucker made a sandwich with a whole fish on it. And pickles. I think there was some ice cream and pie in there. And several cans of okra. And Ebenezer wondered, who could eat like this and not be dead? And when the refrigerator door closed, he wished he hadn't wondered. For the second ghost was a giant of a man. Oh my god, this stuff looks delicious. The round and rosy ghost said, getting ready to mow down. Are you a ghost too? Ebenezer worked up the courage to ask. I absolutely am. He said with a mouthful of sandwich. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Are you here to show me more visions? Ebenezer asked, scratching his head. And how are you able to eat food if you're a ghost? It's complicated. Okay. And yes, I came here to show you visions. And the ghost looked down at his ghost watch. Oh shit, we probably should hurry up. Ooh. There's something important you need to see. And the giant grabbed him by the wrist. Hold on. And like a blast of lightning, they were in Bob Cratchit's fucking house. What are we doing here? He said, looking around the family's dining room. Why are we at Bob's house? Just look. Bob Cratchit sat at the head of the table. Quiet down, everyone. He said to his wholesome little chitrons. We love you, Daddy. Daddy. The little shit said. I love you, Daddy. Tiny Tim wheezed. We all love you, honey. Mrs. Cratchit said. You guys are the best. And he led them in prayer. Lord, thank you for the glorious banquet that you've provided for us on this Christmas Eve. And Scrooge scoffed a bit. What, is there a turkey behind that little pigeon they're serving? Nope, that's their feast. What, that little bird for this whole family? It was the largest bird they could afford. Huh. And then he explained how inflation was outpacing salaries huh. and wages and how the supply chain was broken well, and how the same damn cunts that broke the damn thing want to fix it. How's that a thing? No, no, no. Well, that's quite a lot. And old Bob Cratchit continued his prayer. Bless Aunt Susan and let's hope her toe heals quickly. And as the prayer went on, Scrooge wondered why they were so happy with such little to eat. We love Aunt Susan. Yeah, she's something. And the prayer continued. And bless Matthew Pernar and Sean Burrett, Chris Eason, Jose Montez, 
son of Fisher and Jason Glaser for being fat cats. Bob Cratchit said. Signing up for fucking a hundred dollars a month at Patreon. He exclaimed to the Lord for his family. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> and Scrooge just stared at this loving bunch of carbon-based water sacks. How can they love each other when they're poor as fuck? But the ghost was quiet, and Bob continued. Lord, please look after our family and for Tiny Tim especially, because he's fucking sick, and you did that, I guess. But whatever, you kind of know what's best, I guess. Wait, that child is sick? Scrooge looked up and asked the ghost. He's told you that like a thousand times. Ebenezer really never paid attention, nope. but now he watched the boy. He was small and underweight, and in fact, he carried a tiny little crutch. I don't feel good, Daddy. I know, Tiny Tim. I'm sorry I can't afford shit. Yeah, your father tries, but you know that Scrooge. Now, now, Mrs. Cratchit. Yeah. Lord, let us bless Ebenezer Scrooge. What are you talking about, husband? She said with a scowl. I want him to have a Merry Christmas. His wife's face turned red. You're really gonna pray for that lint-licking poop bag? She said, filtering her words in front of her chitrons. I've never met such a despicable man, and you don't get paid nearly enough for the work you do. Now, honey. He said like this was a conversation they'd had a few times. If he paid you more, we wouldn't have to live in this hovel. Right. We could get Tiny Tim some aspirin yep. and an inhaler. Well. Miss Scrooge. And in that moment, she began to cry. And as Bob Cratchit held his wife, he said to her, You're acting crazy in front of the chitron. But then he said, At least we have a roof over our heads, huh? Yeah. And we have each other, right? I should have married your brother. We should all be thankful for what we have. And the family all hugged at the dinner table or some shit. And while Ebenezer would never admit it, he had a bit of a tear in his eye. Tell me, spirit, what will happen to Tanny Tim? Will he get better? If nothing changes, no. The spirit said, The child will die. I see. When the ghost showed the empty chair and the sadness of the family missing Tiny Tim. Spirit, you can't do that. He's just a little boy. And Ebenezer tried to grab the giant and shake him, but he was, you know, a ghost, so that didn't work. Oh, yeah. This isn't justice, and you know it. And with that, the ghost of Christmas present faded away. See ya. And Scrooge was left alone in his kitchen. One more ghost to go. Instead of going to bed, he went to his study, and he waited, for he knew the final ghost would be with him soon. And every minute that ticked by on his grandfather's clock was worse than the last. And somewhere in the dark of the night, as he began to fade, a cold wind woke him up, despite all the windows and doors being closed. And as he sat up, he could see an image starting to form in the dark. Who's there? He said, shivering a bit. Hello? And out of the shadows walked a dark, cloaked figure. He looked like death himself. And with a single bony hand, he gestured for Scrooge to follow him. You want me to follow you? And as Scrooge followed the shadow ghost down the hallway, he found himself at a funeral. Oh, shit. But nobody was there except for the man in the coffin and a very bored priest. Ashes to ashes, blah, blah, blah. What sort of man can die and have no one come to his funeral? He asked the shadow ghost nervously. Doesn't anyone love him or miss him? But the ghost said nothing. And they continued to walk into the cold, snowy night. And Scrooge just followed a few steps behind. Wait, this is Town Square, Scrooge said. And the ghost of what Scrooge assumed was Christmas future said nothing, but it stopped. I'm glad that old bastard died. One older lady said to another lady. He was a real bastard. Said another. And a passerby came by and said, They stole these shoes off his ass before they buried him. And they all three laughed about how the man they were talking about was a cunt. Did you hear that? Scrooge asked the ghost death. The spirit continued to glide. They must have really hated that man to steal from the dead. Still silent. And Ebenezer followed through the freshly fallen snow until they came to a vast graveyard. What, spirit? Why have you brought me here? The giant's bony hand pointed in the distance. Wait, over here? <laughs> and Scrooge tried to follow where the ghost was pointing. What, how about this way? <laughs> but Ebenezer was surrounded with a sea of stones. Can we do like the hot, cold thing? Am I getting warmer? <laughs> Nervously, he worked his way through the headstones, occasionally looking back at the ghost to see if he was getting close. I mean, am I warmer? Come on! <laughs> but the ghost would say nothing ever. And one time when Ebenezer looked over his shoulder to see what the ghost was doing, he tripped Ow. on the root of a tree and 
fell into the dirty snow. Dead son of a... And as he looked up, he saw an old grave that had been unattended and overgrown. I am compelled. And as he pulled off the ivy and wiped away the grime, he could read clearly the name on the tombstone. Here lies Ebenezer Scrooge, he said aloud, expecting to read something about his life or something else. That's it? But no one in town could think of anything nice to say about him. God damn it. And putting here lies a cunt on the damn thing would be kind of unchristian-like. Yeah. Now Ebenezer thought about the things that people were saying in town square. That shit was about me. Their voices swam in his head. That motherfucker stole my shoes. And Ebenezer broke down and he started to cry. Spirit, this can't be my future. He sobbed. I want more than to be hated and then forgotten. Still nothing from the Grim Reaper ghost. But suddenly he had an idea. Wait, wait, wait. He said, springing to his feet, his old ass knees creaking. Oh, now you wouldn't show me these things if I couldn't change them. Still nothing from the big guy. No, I get it now. I get it. He said, springing about. I can change, Spirit. You'll see. I'll be kind and generous from now on. And as he jumped to kick his heels twice, he found himself back in his bed like Dorothy. Wait, what? It was morning, and at first his mind was blank as he yawned. What the hell? And as he rolled over to scratch his bowels. Mm, rich people bed. He remembered the night he fucking had. Oh, that's right. I can redeem myself. And he sprang to the window and opened it, and he yelled to the first person he could see. You there, children. It is, sir. What day is today? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. Well, fuck me running. I didn't miss it. And I tossed a small bag of money to the boy. Take this and buy the biggest fucking turkey that the butcher's got. Okay. And you take that shit to the Cratchit's house. Who are they? And you keep the change for your troubles, you little punk. And the Chitron did what he was told. I've got some shopping to do. And a little while later, there was a knock at Bob Cratchit's door. Who the fuck comes over on Christmas unannounced? He said to his wife. That's probably carolers. Yeah. But when Bob Cratchit opened his door, he was promptly knocked oh, over oh, by like 15 people. What's everybody doing? A line of folk marched into his dining room carrying plump meats, mashed potatoes and gravy, biscuits, not a single fucking yam because that would be terrible. And there was pies and candies and presents for the children. What is all this? And as he said that, someone grabbed a hold of his hand. Huh? And behind a load of wrapped Christmas presents, Bob was shocked to see his boss. Mr. Scrooge? He said with confusing chemicals surging throughout him. I, I was just about to go get ready for work. Bob said nervously. Work? Well... Yeah, I could be there in like 10, 15 minutes. It's Christmas now, isn't it, Bob? Well, yes, but yesterday you said... And Scrooge put his hand on his shoulder, interrupting him and said, Yesterday I was a cunt, Bob. Uh, but that was before I had some seriously fucked up supernatural experiences last night. I see. Also, you deserve a vacation because you work so hard. I do? Of course you fucking do. His wife said, slapping him on the back of the head. I don't want to see you back in work until after New Year's. Well, I can't really afford to take much time off. I'm tripling your salary, Bob. What? Oh, thank God. You just be back there January 2nd at 9 o'clock or there'll be hell to pay. He said with a hint of his old Gargamel side. Right. After all, huh? my new partner can't be late. Are you serious, Mr. Scrooge? Oh, yeah. Here's your Christmas bonus. And Bob Cratchit saw the number on the check and he fainted and he bashed his head on the table and he died. But the Cratchit family was taken care of for decades as they were the recipients of Mr. Scrooge's will. And Ebenezer Scrooge wasn't a cunt again until the day he died. The end. Well, goddamn, Chipton, did somebody cut some onions in here? I farted. Oh, yeah, you did. Well, that was a Christmas carol. Goddamn, what are they feeding you? I hope you enjoy. All right, I gotta go. All right, we learn stuff. Yeah. Merry Christmas, you motherfuckers. Yeah. See you next week. That was always one of my favorite stories as a kid. Neat. And I must say, I prefer it when the Muppets do it. I'm just gonna lay my head down on my desk. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, Steve isn't getting the nostalgia dopamine, the nostalgia mean. Huh? Trademark me? Huh? I do what I can for our language, don't I? You just call people cunts. Yeah, but calling people cunts with 80s music in the background triggers nostalgia mean, Steve. Where are you going? Steve. Nostalgia mean, Steve? Who's gonna push the button, Steve? Steve, it's Christmas! We gotta tell him about the scat socks and the cards, cards, cards! Steve! Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. 
It's got cuss nursery rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, Merry Chris Kwanzaa, you stinky eggnog suckers. Hey. Are you ready for a story about magic? Yeah. They're talking snowman. Yeah. And the story of a little girl who steals her parents' credit card and then goes on a cross-country trip to the North fucking Pole. All because of a likely satanic hat? Yeah. yeah. Good, because that's what we made for you. Now shut the fuck up. I suppose it all started with the snow. You know that first snow of the year? The snow that you actually like? As any children can tell you, there's a certain magic to the very first snow, especially when it falls on the day before Christmas. Our story begins in the seventh grade class of Mrs. Bola Chili. Class, sit down. Mrs. Bola Chili said, smacking her desk with the same ruler that she smacked little Chitron's knuckles with. The snow can wait. Now, now, I've hired Professor Hinkle here, the magician, to entertain you, so give him some attention. But Mr. Hinkle seemed like a real douche and also happened to suck ass at magic. Hello, Chitrons, Professor Hinkle said behind a table of magic crap. Now, for my first trick, I'm going to put the magic eggs into my magic hat. And he did. Then I say the magic words, hibbity-bibbity. And instead of a bunny rabbit that he intended to have pop out of the hat, oh, shit. the broken raw eggs yeah. oozed from the hat yeah. and onto the table and the chitrons groaned. <laughs> a little mess, I just said. The magician was flustered and he looked around for the rabbit. Hocus Pocus, you little shit, where the fuck? He cursed under his breath. <laughs> but Hocus Pocus the rabbit didn't like Professor Hinkle. Who's a cunt? The little talking rabbit said to the audience. Now as the flustered magician tried to gather himself, the bell rang and them chitrons got the fuck out of there. Oh, come back, I was gonna saw the rabbit in half. And then disappointed, he turned to Mrs. Bolichilli and said, Do you mind if I have a drink? And she smiled and said, It's 1969, I'm drunk right now. Then he had to swig off some hooch and toss the hat into the garbage. This fucking hat never works in you. He what? said, pointing at Hocus Pocus. You know you can replace the chicken in chicken noodle soup with rabbit, don't you? He said menacingly. Oh, no. And Hocus Pocus cowered and did that little submissive urination thing. You're mean. Shut up, get in the crate. But Hocus Pocus didn't get in the crate. Instead, he ran to the garbage can and grabbed a hat out what of it. What the fuck are you doing? And then sprinted out the classroom into the playground. Come back here, you free little fuck ass. He yelled down the hallway of the middle school. Professor Hankel. Mrs. Bolichilli said scoldingly. We all want to yell curse words at the children's, but please refrain. Right, right, sorry. He said running out into the playground. Bring me my hat back, you piss wit. But meanwhile, the children were enjoying the snow. Stick your tongue out on the pole. No way. And while some kids tempted each other to do stupid things, others were building a snowman. Karen, you make the head. You're the smartest. You're right. I am the smartest. Karen said, assembling the pieces of the face. The head is the most difficult part. Everyone knows that. Her parents were big deals. My parents are big deals. And so when she was done assembling the face, perfect. She commanded two sixth graders to place the head that she had made on top of the shoulders of the new snowman. Wow, what a great snowman. What should we call him? I think we should call him Clifford. Call him Roger. And the Chitron started to argue over the name. No, let's call him Harold. No, let's call him Frosty. Oh, yeah, Frosty. I said Clifford, so it should be Clifford. Little Karen said. Let's name it Ringo. I said fucking Clifford. But despite Karen's incessant Cliffording, the Chitron all seemed to like Frosty the best. That is stupid. Except for Karen, who didn't like things that didn't go her way. My parents are a big deal. Because her parents are a big deal. Like a huge deal. And the Chitron stepped back and looked at their creation. Now that's a fucking snowman. Why does it have to be a snowman? That's just a snow person right now. Then they argued on how to gender the snow person. Meanwhile, little Timmy grabbed the carrot nose and shoved it in the snowman's crotch. Now it's a snowman. But was it? No one really knows. But they did give old Frosty a corncob pipe. And only bushy-eyebrowed, big-bearded assholes smoke out of a corncob pipe. Everyone knows that. That's true. And so they agreed that Frosty was a man. In addition to the corncob pipe and the carrot dick, Karen's snowman face had a button nose now and two eyes made of coal. I think old Clifford here. It's Frosty. Whatever, he's missing something. And at that moment, they could hear Professor Hinkle yelling, Come back here, you butt-wipe for bears! And at that moment, Hocus Pocus the rabbit jumped up on top of the shoulders of the snowman and placed that top hat upon Frosty's head. 
fucking happy birthday. Frosty said, coming alive. Oh my god, you guys. Karen said, addressing the blown away Chitrins. I think I made the snowman come to life. She deludified. It wasn't you, it was the hat. Chitrin number two retorted. Yeah, the hat must be magic. Chitrin number three proclaimed. Fucking magic. Little Timmy concurred. Whatever. Karen wasn't convinced that it wasn't her that brought it to life. I mean, my parents are a pretty big deal. She thought to herself. And all the Chitrins were excited about the magic new snowman. But Professor Hinkle didn't give a shit. Magic, my hat. He was blown away by the thought. I mean, I got it at Sears. But it was obvious. Dude, just look. The snowman danced around. Yeah, why is my dick out? And one of the Chitrin found a welcome mat to cover his shame. Thank you. But now that Professor Hinkle had seen that his hat was actually magic. Give me my fucking magic hat back. He had dollar signs in his ass. No more terrible Chitrin's birthday parties. He thought to himself, kind of shivering. Oh, give it to me now. But Karen wasn't about to have that shit. It's not yours anymore. You threw it away. She said, somehow knowing that. Don't you dare talk back to your elders, you naughty, naughty little girl. But little Karen didn't back down. Get fucked, Boomer. She said, step into him. Oh my. Professor Hinkle's parents would have punched him in the face ten times for saying that shit. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And that's why it's a dick. Yeah, probably. But these were little children. So Professor Hinkle asserted himself and grabbed that hat right off Frosty's head. No, you're killing me. And Professor Hinkle turned to his bunny rabbit and he said, You better get in your fucking crate or there's no carrots for Christmas. Professor Hinkle said, looming over the little bunny and not knowing that bunnies don't actually eat carrots very much. You're mean. And Hocus Pocus reluctantly went back into his pet kennel. This all happened in an instant. And needless to say, the Chitrins weren't happy about it. You can't take that hat. One little Chitrin bellowed. Yeah, brought Frosty to life. Another Chitrin said with a nose full of Frosty bugs. I didn't see shit. The professor said denyingly. Yes, you did. Don't gaslight us, dick. Karen said, trying to figure out who his manager was. Frosty totally came to life. The talking rabbit in the cage said, Shut your ween tube, rabbit. The professor said aggressively. And we all saw Clifford come to life, didn't we, guys? Karen said to her classmates. It's Frosty, Karen. And yes, we did. And all the Chitrin agreed. Give us the hat back. Karen demanded. <laughs> but the old man's demeanor changed. You silly little dumb fucks believe everything you see. When you grow up, you'll realize that snowmen can't come to life. It fucking talked to us. Yeah. Dumb fucking idiots, the lot of you. Don't worry, Frosty. We don't care what dumb grown-ups say. We know you did come to life. Said one of the Chitrin eating a carrot somehow. Yeah, we know. We just know. Said Karen running up to the snowman and hugging it, but gently, because her shit was, you know, nice. The shit's expensive. And then I broke into song for some reason. Here I go, here I go. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a nurse fairy rhyme, they say. He was made of snow, but the Chitrins know how he came to life and shit. Yeah. Now, of course, legally, that hat did belong to Frosty and the Chitrin. It's kind of important. It's under the finder's keeper's law. Just go find a slimy rock, turn it over, and ask an attorney near you. Hey, come on. Therefore, while in the car traveling away, Hocus Pocus was entirely justified in what he was about to do. I got a magic hat. I'm going to be rich. The professor said to himself, but old Hocus Pocus figured out how to bust out of the kennel cab. And so he stole that magic hat. And he jumped the fuck out the window, and he tucked and rolled and shit. And after he got done rolling, he raced back to the Chitrin as fast as he could. <laughs> Meanwhile, them Chitrin were still gathered around the dead snow. Man. Look, the rabbit's back. Karen said. And he brought the hat. A nameless Chitrin said. And the little rabbit gave the hat to one of the Chitrin. Thanks, little bunny. Yeah. Give me that shit. Karen said, appointing herself ambassador to Frosty. Yeah. And then she placed that top hat upon his head. Happy birthday! Where's my dick? And the Chitrin all watched in awe as the snow creature had its first thoughts. Seriously, what happened to my dick? But that thought faded as he noticed he could move. Wait, snowmen can't talk? How can I talk? And I can dance? Yeah. Check the ass. Check it. Yeah. I can juggle? Check this shit out. Kids, can you do that? No. He said, 
juggling balls made out of his snowy flesh. Holy shit, I think therefore I am, he said, although he wasn't sure. I can even count one, two, three, four, five, nine, six, eight. Not wrong. The children <laughs> laughed at him. Hey, I can count to five and that's more minutes than I've been alive. Come on. But it was true. He was alive. I'm fucking alive. And the children were ecstatic. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy, you know. And the children danced and cheered yeah. with the snowman. Yeah. And again, I was compelled to sing. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to get the fuck down. Get the fuck down. Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be. And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and some other cunts that you know. We know how all fun times must come to an end. I'm not feeling very good, Frosty said, grabbing his stomach and bending over. What is it, Frosty? Do you have to poop? Karen asked. No, it's getting fucking hot. Frosty said, sweating beady little eye sweat beads. Is there a thermometer around here, some shit? And little Karen pointed to the wall. Over there, Clifford. Yeah, I'm going with Frosty, okay? Whatever. Frosty looked at the thermometer. Oh, I was afraid of that. What is it, Frosty? A random chitron asked. Look, I'm made of snow. It gets hot when that thing gets red. So then what happens? What do you mean, then what happens? Then I fucking melt and die. And all the chitrons <laughs> started to cry. Now, now, kids, calm down. And so one of the chitrons smashed that dirty-ass thermometer. You're killing Frosty. And then Karen had a bright idea. You have to go somewhere where you'll never melt. Yeah, what, like the North Pole or some shit? Frosty said flippantly. That's exactly fucking where. Little Karen said. Yeah, okay, but how? Frosty turned out his little snowman pockets, realizing he didn't have any snowman money. I've got you. She said, pulling out a couple of her parents' credit cards and a big wad of cash. What? Your mom's gonna put you in juvie again. Shut up, dick. And so the Chitron marched their way towards the train station, having themselves a parade. And you know that makes a guy like me want to break it down. Frosty the snowman knew the sun was hard as fuck. So he said, let's run and we'll have some fun before I die in the streets, you cunts. He said, down to the village with the broomstick in his hand running here and there and fucking everywhere no. saying catch me if you can bitches Angus. and so frosty and their little parade was going downtown but the problem was they had never got a proper permit now, you guys hold it right there a police officer said what is it officer the snowman asked and without batting an eye at this talking snowman because this cop had seen some shit he said you gotta have a permit to have a parade and you're jaywalking wait i'm jaywalking over here now, don't you see the crosswalk what's a crosswalk right there on the street what's the street the thing that you're fucking illegally walking on right now what are all those things. Poor Frosty asked, not knowing much about the world. What, do you want a ticket, smartass? And Frosty immediately answered, I'd love one to the North Pole, please. What the fuck is wrong with you, snowman? The policeman asked, tapping on his little baton thingy and his utility belt. You gotta excuse him, sir. You see, he just came to life like mm. ten minutes ago. Yeah, he's an ignoramus. Yeah, hold on. He's uh, dumb like a baby. Not a baby, I know some things. And after hearing the police from the Chitrons, the officer said, Oh, I see this magic-talking snowman just became a magic-talking snowman. You got it. Oh, well, that's crazy. Welcome to living. Yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, it gets weirder. Tight. All right, you kids, move along. And so they did move along. And then the police officer realized that he'd just seen a talking snowman. Talking snowman! And he swallowed his whistle and died. Then the Chitron approached the ticket man at the railroad. Yeah, we'd like one ticket, please, for the North Pole. Okay, North Pole, let me see. The ticket man said, not looking up from his books. Well, see, I can route you by the way of Saskatchewan through Hudson Bay. We can go through Nome, Alaska. Then you're going to go through the Klondike. You can see the Aurora Borealis. Very nice this time of year. Mm, okay. Then we'll run you up through Nanook of Northville. Oh, that sounds lovely. Uh, that'll be $3,000.04, including tax. The ticket man said. You can just put that on my credit card. Little Karen said, handing her parents' credit card over to the man. Very good, ma'am. But the card didn't go through. It didn't go through. But my parents are very important. Karen 
protested, but what she didn't know was $3,000 was a fuckload of money back then. Doesn't seem like much today because governments print too much fucking money. I guess, read the script. Right, sorry, inflation is bad. Okay, I guess. It's a mean-ass tax on the poor. Would you read the fucking script this Christmas? Right, so they couldn't buy a ticket. It's okay, kids, Frosty said. It just means I'm gonna die painfully and slowly in front of you. Oh, Frosty, no. And the children were sad. But then the talking bunny rabbit, which nobody's making a big deal out of for some reason, said, What about that refrigerator car? He said, pointing at a refrigerated train car. That's it, talking rabbit. Good job. A random children said, No, I'm reoccurring. I'm gonna be saved. He said as he noticed that the train was going to the North Pole conveniently enough. Yay. I'm so glad I saw the refrigerator train car so we could save Clifford. Karen said, pissing off at least three of the group. Oh. And so Frosty got inside the refrigerator car. There's cookies and cakes in here. He said, not having a tongue nor a stomach. Scrooge over, Frosty. Karen said as she jumped up next to him. What, are you gonna go to the North Pole too, little kid? Fuck yeah, fuck my parents. She said, teen angstedly, and that deserves some singing. Frosty, the snowman, had to hurry on his way. Buddy, wave goodbye, saying don't you cry, cunts, cause I'll be back again someday. But little did they know, Professor Hinkle had stashed himself on board the train. I'ma get my hat back from that weird-ass snowman, them chitrin, and that shit for brains rabbit. And he chuckled to himself maniacally. <laughs> but he wasn't super healthy, so it was kind of awkward. Whatever. Now, a refrigerator boxcar is a kick-ass way to travel if you're a snowman. This is fucking great. It's also pretty kick-ass if you're a furry-ass rabbit. I brought out some coffee. But it's goddamn not ideal if you're a human child. Oh, God, oh, fuck. Oh, oh. She sneezed. Oh, shit, are you cold, Kevin? Frosty thought, and then he thought about it again. Ah, shit, Kevin, of course you're cold. Even with the rabbit being a cute little cuddle guy on her lap, she was still freezing. I'll be fine. But she was actually turning blue. I think this dying, Frosty. Yeah, we should probably get out of here. And when the train stopped for passengers to rest, they got out and never got back in. And as the train went on down the tracks, Professor Hinkle saw them get off the train and was like, ah, shit, they, damn it, they tricked me. And the only thing that Professor Hinkle could do was make a jump for it. Yeah, shit. And so he did. Ah! And he broke his hip, three ribs, probably his ankle, and maybe four or five fingers. And Frosty and the gang, they watched it all happen. Run, kids. Come back, I'm hurt. The professor pleaded, but Frosty wanted to get as far away from Hinkle as he could. Seriously, I'm seriously hurt. <laughs> Probably internal stuff. But they left him to die. Fuck that guy. But the woods through which they traveled were no better than the Frosty boxcar. Oh, oh shit, rabbit, look. Karen's gonna die if we don't warm her up. Frosty said to the rabbit. I got this. And so the rabbit gets on top of a stump. My fellow animals. And he gives this great speech about, you know, we gotta build a campfire for this fucking little girl before she dies because she's got a great big heart. Christmas and some shit. And so the animals all came together and built a big fire. And Frosty petted the bunny on the head for saving the day. You're a good shit. Oh, thanks. I'm still quite cold and actually kind of hungry. She said, looking at the rabbit, kind of licking her lips. Oh, shit. But then a squirrel came down from the tree and whispered into Hocus Pocus's ears. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I know how to get you to the North Pole and you're back home, said the little rabbit. Yeah, I'd like to go home now. Karen said with a frozen tear in her eye. How the fuck are you going to do that, rabbit? Santa Claus! <laughs> And so the animals got word to Santa, and Frosty the rabbit and Karen waited. But before Santa could arrive, from out of the bushes sprang Professor Hinkle. Oh, look at you, little thieving fucks! He said, all bloody and limping. And you, you little traitor! He said, pointing at Hocus Pocus. You, sir, I'm gonna put you in a stew. And Hinkle pulled out a giant knife. Now you're gonna give me that fucking hat, or I'm gonna have to cut you. The problem with Hinkle is that he didn't know nothing about the anatomy of a snowman. Karen, Frosty, get on my shoulders. Karen. You see, snowmen were made of snow, and since snow is also made of snow, he was able to travel pretty well on his belly in the snow. Kind of like a sled. In fact, he was fast as fuck. Okay, and old Hinkle was in there snowy dust in no time. And then somewhere deep in those woods, the three of them came across to the greenhouse. Yeah, look, Karen. I'm 
It's so cold. Oh, hang on, Karen. He said, knowing that the greenhouse was warm as he could see the flowers still growing. Clifford, no, you'll melt. Karen said, I'm not going by Clifford, Karen, and I can stay in for a couple minutes. No, you'll melt. I've been meaning to trim down a little bit. And so the three of them walk in. But Hinkle had fallen his way down the hill as a big snowball, I guess, like cartoons do, you know. I hurt so bad. But he was determined to make the little chitron pay and to get that hat back. So he came up to the greenhouse and they slammed the door. <laughs> now I've got you, you little fucks. And the moment you've melted, the hat will be mine. But the greenhouse was pretty sturdy and they actually couldn't hear what he was saying. Uh, what the fuck is he saying? I don't know, but it's probably stupid and it's going to be about me dying, I think. Who's a cunt? Yeah. Now eventually Santa would arrive. Oh. But was it too late? Oh, oh. Santa opened up the door and it was too late. Oh, Clifford. Little Karen cried over a puddle of her friend. Oh, Frosty the snowman was as dead as dead could be. He was a puddle of shit on the floor of a place in the middle of nowhere. Fuck. That's terrible. Truth hurts sometimes, Dave. Whatever, read the script. So Frosty died. And Karen cried, because Santa was busy piling around with Batman. Ho, ho, he's teaching me how to throw ninja stars. Santa said, and I'm not too late. Ho, ho. And in a nanosecond, Frosty was back. Happy birthday, where's my dick? But oh, there was still Hinkle. Give me that hat or I'll cut all of you. He said with bones sticking out of his own flesh. Ho, ho, what are you doing, Hinkle? Santa said, pulling his candy cane beach stick out of his utility belt. That hat's mine, Santa. That's not how I understand. Understand it, ho ho. Santa ho ho. I'm taking what's mine, Santa. I'm your hucklebearer, ho ho. And the two adults stared at each other. It was mine from the beginning. You threw it out. Karen plated. If you so much as lay a finger on the brim, ho ho, you'll never bring you another Christmas present as long as you live. And Hinkle's face softened and then turned to fear. You mean never ever? Ho ho. No more pornographic trading cards or bottles of various hooch? Absolutely not. No ho, more ho. blow up dolls and butt Oh, Santa's bringing you nothing. All right, I'm sorry, I'll be good. Ho ho, that's not all. What must I do, Santa? Santa leaned over and whispered in the man. Here. Oh, I need you to kill an elf. What? Santa's not fucking around. My lead elf has a dossier for you. Ho ho. Santa, my body's broken. Oh yeah. Ho ho. <laughs> Wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah, go get the dossier hole. Yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming. I'm an elf assassin for Santa now. Yeah, twists like that are hard to see because they're stupid. Oh, oh calm down. And so I felt the need to sing. Frosty the snowman is a nurse very rum, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how it came to life and shit. And so Santa took Karen home and made ready to bring Frosty back to the North Pole. Now, Karen hated to say goodbye to Frosty. I'm gonna miss you, Clifford. You didn't learn shit from this, did you? No, my parents are very important. Her parents parents were very important. But every year, Frosty would return with the magical Christmas snow. And every year when the magic-talking Iceman would come, many of the townsfolk would protest because it was some pagan satanic shit, obviously. What the fuck is going on with that hat? But the truth inspires your narrator to sing. Oh, thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, look at that Frosty go. Yeah. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, make sure you fart this. Yeah. And with Frosty the Snowman and Santa and Batman, Christmas was safe to be celebrated. Unless you adhere to the Bible very strictly and in that case, you are probably mortified. Probably seems like end of days. Happy Christ Kwanzaa. And that shit one was Frosty the Snowman. Clifford the Snowman. No, his name's not fucking Clifford. Uh. Now, the moral of this story is that when a person does the right thing and goes above and beyond for another, magic things and talking animals will come help you. And that's an excellent foundational understanding of how the world works. See you next time. From California, favorite human in the world and wife to me, Mrs. Scripty Bob! Yep, love of my life right there. And starting at Shitbox Wizard from Indiana. Donald Fisher! And starting at Discord, Dookie Slayer from Ohio, Chris Brooks! Chris Brooks, Chris Brooks. And starting at Scatcast Quartermaster from Texas, 900 time Time Suck Trivia Champion, Bodie Salieta! 
That's right, Bodhi Senyata. Dipshit Files researcher. Also starting at Button Pusher, Steve the Button Pusher guy. That's right, and then we have, you know, Tim the intern who sucks. Yep, that's right. That's good, that's good on you. Info at scatcast.com. Scatcast.com for merch. Yes, Tim sucks. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast to help us. Five bucks a month gets you the inside scooper, which gets you all sorts of extra shit. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present time. <laughs> You just listen to Scatcast. Bing, bong, space poop.